All right, the back judge, all three of us back together. Uh, Lee, the offseason's over, right? You're declaring it? Yes, the offseason is officially over, 100%. And uh, in, in that in that theme, we're going to go ahead and do our official season predictions. Obviously, we went through the divisions, uh, ranked the divisions, but things, things can change. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give you our four division winners, Three wildcard teams from both conferences, uh, AFC, NFC Championship game picks, Super Bowl matchups, Super Bowl pick, and then um, we're not necessarily going to pick um, end-of-season individual awards, but we're going to give you some good value plays uh, on that we think, you know, hey, so maybe some non-favorites to, to maybe put a little money on uh, and get you some good value come uh, season's end. Uh, Tommy, how are things on the West Coast, baby? Doing great. Uh, summer's winding down, which, like Lee said, off seasons off seasons over. It's football time. All right, so I'm I'm hanging in there. Clep, you're uh, you're making your way towards joining me a little bit. <laughs> Going so, to the desert, baby. Yeah, Go west, a, young man. He's a, he's a desert dog. You're a desert dog. Yeah. Um, shout out Quality Inn, sponsor sponsoring this podcast. Um, shall we get into it, fellas? Um, let's just kick it off with our, our NFC division winners, uh, shall we? And go around, around the room here, but uh, I'm going to have the Rams winning the NFC West, Bucks winning the NFC South, Packers winning the NFC North and Cowboys winning the NFC East, staying uh, lockstep with my division preview predictions. Yeah, Clep, I'm, I'm lockstep with you as well. And with my division preview predictions with the, with those four teams, yeah, I'm staying lockstep with my uh, wow brain trust. That's it? a brain trust. That's a four-way brain trust. So, oh, I'm, 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 whoa, I'm not. Right, I'm not the mind. same. It's not a full. It's not a full brain oh, trust. We, right. we cut him off. We, we we cut him off. Sorry, yeah. I'm, so I'm sticking with my division previews. I got the 49ers taking the NFC West, led by Trey Lance, rookie of the year. Uh, Tampa Bay oh. taking the South. Dallas taking the East, and the Packers taking the North. What's um? What's the Rams to to win the division? They've got to be third or third or fourth in odds. No, they're they're like two no. to one. I think both them and the Niners are pretty much even. Really? Yeah. The Seahawks have worse odds to win the division than the Niners, and they won the division last year. Yeah. Hmm. This seems a little odd. Niners easiest schedule in the uh, easiest schedule in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, let's do the. Uh, let's just jump to the to the wild card teams uh, in the NFC. This was a lot harder for me to decide between, um, but I'm going to put the Saints, Vikings, and 49ers as my three wild card teams. I really uh, was deciding between the Niners and the Washington Football Team. I didn't know which team to kind of put in. Those are my kind of last two on the bubble and the Washington schedule is so difficult um, outside of the NFC East. And then the Niners schedule just isn't that hard at all. They play the Bengals, they play the Texans, they play the lions. So uh, I think that'll end up being the difference, even though I kind of think, um, I mean, obviously quarterback is one thing, but as an overall roster, I think Washington has one of the stronger rosters in the league, uh, but with their difficult schedule and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, I'm just having a hard time 
putting him in that playoff conversation. So I'm going Saints, Vikings, Niners. I'm going uh, Vikings, Niners, and Cardinals as my three hmm. uh, wild card teams in the NFC. Clep, it's it's a little it's a little sad to know that you've departed the the Cardinals brain trust, but I uh, I still respect you. Yep. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'll be interested to hear what Tommy go first, and then I have two things I want to say. Yeah, this is a this is a tough one for me too. Um, uh, obviously, the Rams were the easiest of the wild card teams for me to peg, um, and I'm going to put in. I'm going to put in the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington football team. And I think, Clep, you make a really great point about the schedule. But this is me kind of, uh, this is me kind of hedging Dallas blowing up and losing a division and, and Washington you know, just sneaking in as a division winner. I don't know if they can get in as a wild card, but um, I, I echo what your sentiments about Washington and their roster, so I'm going to give them a wild card berth. So two things, I guess. I've, I've kind of more come around to the Saints recently. Um, I was kind of off on them, but I think Jameis is going to start. That's kind of going into this. I really think Jameis is going to be the starter. Um, and to what degree do you guys think, like, I, do you think Jameis is an upgrade over Breeze? Like last year, Breeze? No. Um, I think I think he gives okay. them a higher ceiling and... I think the Saints saw that last year. That's why Jameis was used to complete deep passes deep in the playoffs, and Breeze obviously was dealing with his injuries. But I think Breeze for sure gives them a higher floor. In a vacuum, no. And we're seeing, you know, we still, we yeah, Jameis played great against the Jaguars, who I, I kind of talked about how I'm starting to really sour on them pre-pod uh, in the preseason. But we still haven't, we have yet to see bad Jameis. Bad Jameis has yet to appear. He's yet to play a game. You know, yeah, he's yet to play. The last time we saw Jameis Winston, he threw thirty interceptions. Yeah, uh, with with a good coaching staff. Even if you were to say that that the Saints and Sean Payton are a better coaching staff, um, he's going to be. Didn't playing he have like eye surgery though? He can see now. He can. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, but the, the more the more the more serious thing I wanted to talk about is that um, all three of us have the Panthers missing the playoffs, um, and you you guys are Darnold boys. So you've got the Panthers missing the playoffs. Did they just miss it? And next year is the year, and Darnold showed promise. What's uh, what's the thought process there? Yeah, I would say that the Panthers, I'd put their put them somewhere around eight wins. I think they'll be close, but no cigar. I like their roster, but I don't think they really have like a, a fully fledged playoff roster. I think they need to fix up the offensive line. There's obviously a lot of questions around Darnold um, and uncertainty there. So I'm not quite ready to go all in on the Panthers being, you know, a playoff team. Um, but I fully expect them to be in that conversation, you know, the last few weeks of the season. I just think that this is kind of a team that's still in, they're in phase two of the rebuild kind of. So I think that them making the playoffs this year, I think Darnold would have to have like a pretty, pretty incredible year, um, especially when you juxtapose it to what he's done for his first few years in the league. And I'm not saying it can't happen, but I'm not that much of a Darnold guy. I like the guy. I think he should be the starting quarterback for the Panthers for years to come, but I don't think he's going to take them to the playoffs after a 5-1 season last year. 
Yeah, I think uh, I was just about to say. I think Lee, you know, they they will be in the hunt in December when we when those graphics come up with the NFC playoff race. That you better believe that the Panthers are going to be there, boasting a, a seven and six record, and it's going to be all about if they could take it uh, to the next to the next level. Yeah, I I just think uh, the Seahawks, um, the Vikings, even and the Saints, who you guys you know, Clep, you included the the Saints, you both included the Vikings. I just think I have a little bit higher higher of a floor. Um, and I just I can't ignore that right now uh, when you're making these type of projections. So. Yeah, the Seahawks were for sure the toughest team to leave out, but it, it's kind of feast or famine in that NFC West, and if I'm going to stick to my guns with the Cardinals, the Seahawks kind of are the odd man out, all things considered. So that was tough for me to do. But, uh, yeah, that's the direction I went in. And then, yeah, Tommy, like you said with the Cowboys, I would say that's my biggest question mark of this prediction is, like, the Cowboys. That was the one I kind of thought about the most. Um, ultimately, the quarterback play in the division is just so underwhelming outside of Dallas, I think, um, that I just couldn't go in another direction. It's really interesting just to say something about the Cowboys, where we're essentially at the same spot this year that we were literally a year ago, and, and Dak's injury, obviously, and maybe there's a little bit more of a dark cloud hanging around Mike McCarthy, but you know, this defense is still bad. Obviously, you have... Micah Parsons, who's chalked to win Defensive Rookie of the Year for good reason because he's a he's going to be an impact player from day one. But, you know, we still have, or at least I do, and I think a lot of other people have these lofty expectations for this incredibly high-powered passing offense from Dallas, and we're kind of giving them this benefit of the doubt. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they actually will, will capitalize that and how their season and, and their offense and, and, you know, what type of team this looks like will, will manifest itself. So... Something I was let's go over. The, let's go over to the AFC, and um, my division uh, winners has changed slightly since we did the preview pods. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs, Bills, and Ravens, but then going to switch out the Colts for the Titans, boys. Sorry, I got I got wrapped up in the moment in the uh, in the NFC or the AFC South pod. You guys talked me into the Colts. I've backed out of that, and now I'm on the Titans. Yeah, I've made some changes as well, and I'm sure Tommy's going to be grinning. Um, I'm going to stay with the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC East. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns winning the AFC North. Wow. Yeah, they have the easiest schedule when I looked at them out of the, the top three teams in that division outside of Cincinnati. Wow. I think by like a fairly like significant margin, they have the easiest schedule. Um I, I believe in the coaching. I think they have a very complete roster. And ultimately, I just think that the Browns are going to take another step forward. I'm done kind of resisting it. Um, and I think that they are ultimately the most complete team in the division. Um, as much as it pains me to say. And I still will admit there's, there's definitely that downside still for me where things could still fall apart. But I just think this is a, te- is a team with a really good offensive line, really good running backs. And um, I think Baker is just kind of becoming comfortable as a pro, which I think is a, you know, a good thing for him. Um, and if he continues to do that, they should win the division. I'm going with the Colts in the AFC South, convincingly so. Um, not, not phased by the Wentz and Quentin Nelson injuries. I still think the Colts are going to be able to hold serve. Um, and then the Chiefs in the AFC West. I'm lockstep with little bro. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. I was expecting a, uh, it's a shame Sheldon Richardson is out of the building. That might have been. Yeah, uh, no, that could have been the difference. That could have been the difference, but yeah, um, Browns. You know, best roster, best roster in the AFC, I think. 
Um, Malik McDowell's there now, though. So. Is he? D1 leak. Yeah, just to just to sum it up for the for the listeners at home, uh, Bills in the East, Browns in the North, Colts in the South, and Chiefs in the West. All right, wild cards. I'm going Patriots, Steelers, and Colts. I'm going with the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Ravens. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Oh, stuff. I'll do Ravens and Chargers for sure, and then I'll throw the Patriots in. Um, I'll throw the Patriots in with my last spot. Titans ain't making the dance. Time to rethink things. Yeah, that's tough, uh, man. I've got um, I've got three teams from a division in each conference. Yeah, that's kind of in a wild card. You mean? Yeah, it's possible. Four four teams from a division can make the playoffs now. Um. All right. Well, uh, let's let's jump into uh, NFC AFC championship games. In my NFC championship game, I'm gonna have the Bucks playing the Rams in SoFi Stadium. And have the Ravens playing the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Oh man, this is tough. Clef, I'd like to throw a question to Clef, maybe Lee, while you're uh, while you're pontificating. Yep. Um, do you expect the Ravens to take that next step from a passing attack? Because I think they clearly have to do that if they want to you know, be a contender in the AFC and especially come playoff time, advance uh, in the playoffs and, and win you know, with their passing attack. Unless you think they can you know, do it with the rushing attack and I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think, I think the Ravens are a strong team. I just think they're well coached. I think they've, I know they've had issues in the playoffs with Lamar, but each season he's been the starter. They've slowly progressed. So, um, you know, I mean, they got that playoff win, right? So Lamar doesn't have that whole he can't win in the playoffs monkey kind of sitting there. Um, so I don't know. I just think the Ravens are, are a very consistent team. And uh, I, I don't know. I like them. I like the Lamar Mahomes rivalry to, uh, you know, some more fuel that fire. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's just not there's just not anyone in the AFC that I really like a whole lot other than the Chiefs. Like, I just think there's flaws with kind of each of these teams and with the Ravens. Um, I don't know. I believe in Lamar. So. Yeah, this is what I'm really struggling with in the AFC is I'm not picking the Chiefs to make the Super Bowl because I don't think that's kind of my whole logic this year is I think that the Chiefs are going to lose in the AFC playoffs. Um, that's kind of the feeling I have, but I'm not, you know, there's just different things about all these other competitive teams in the AFC that make me not want to pick them. Um, so it's, it's difficult for me to come to a conclusion here because I'm considering, you know, five different well, teams. Lee, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some advice here. All right. You're at the, right now what's going on is you're at the middle school dance, right? And you, and, there, and there's a cute girl across the room and I know you want to dance with her. Right, and it's the Indi- it's the Indianapolis Colts. I know you want to dance with the Colts, so why don't you just go over there and ask the Colts to dance? I mean, 
the Colts are a team that I absolutely want to dance with right now. I just think that, you know, there could be some daddy issues there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Um, but you know what? I mean, <sighs> gosh. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, Look, you want me to step in? Yeah, I want you, you want to keep... step in. I want to step in because Lee, you inspired me a little bit because I was about to stay true to my name and go chalk, which you know I think, <laughs> you know that's what you're supposed to do. But you know what? The Browns are going to the Super Bowl. Oh, the Browns are going to go into Kansas City and they're going to win. It's going to be a revenge game. They had the perfect blueprint to do it in the, when Mahomes got hurt this past year in the divisional. And they're going to be a better team. Their defense is better this year. Baker's going to be playing better. Another year in Stefanski's system. So I'm going to send the Browns to the Super Bowl from the AFC East. I'm sorry, Cleveland, for all that, for all that I've done. To AFC you. North. AFC North. Thank you, Adam. Um, and then in the NFC, I mean, the Niners are on my team. So I kind of I kind of want to go with them. I'm going to have the Niners taking down the Bucks. Um, all right, NFC Tommy, championship. I'll, I'll, since um. Since I have the Browns completely missing the playoffs, uh, they make You're the gonna... Super Bowl. I'll buy you an AFC Championship Browns shirt. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. That's a that's a beautiful. Dude, I mean, I was mentally flirting with the Browns to go to the Super Bowl because I was mentally flirting with the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl, and it's just like the Browns have the most complete roster. I just think that there's a lot of potential downside there if like things just aren't going as smoothly as they went last year. Um. As a Lions fan, I understand that there are certain curses around certain teams, and uh, that is my Browns hesitancy yeah. in a nutshell. It's the Browns. Yeah, I, I, I think you know. Precedents are made to be. The Bills were the Bills for a while, and at one point, Adam, you wrote a nice little article talking about you like what they were cooking, and 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 you turned out to be right. All right, and I yeah. think I think the Browns. You know, I, I'm happy that Lee is. Jumped on the bandwagon to a certain extent, and I would be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. I think this team is a relatively well-known quantity, and I don't, I'm not expecting people to think that they have the ceiling that I do, but I think they do have a really high floor. Lee mentioned the schedule and the roster. I just think you know the Browns' floor for me is nine, ten games. I think. I think things. I, I just I have love a really Joe hard Woods time. too, man. They've got a really good coaching staff. Um. Dude, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to th- I'm going to say the Browns are going to go to the Super Bowl, man. Let's go. I'm, I'm going to say oh the Browns God. are going to go to the Super Bowl because I do think if there's one team outside of Kansas City in the AFC that has the highest upside, it's the Cleveland Browns. Um, I'm going to say that I'm going to say that they're going to knock off. Uh, I'm going to say that they're going to avoid Kansas City, though. I'm going to say Kansas City gets upset. And this game is played in Cleveland. And the AFC Championship is played in Cleveland. And the Browns knock off the Indianapolis Colts in Cleveland in the Can AFC I, Championship. I just had a, uh, a moment uh, for my NFC prediction, too. I was talking about the Niners. And uh, I'm going to say that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, last dance style, go back to San Francisco, go back to his hometown, Storybook ending. It'll be on ESPN in 20 years. And they're going to take down the Niners, get the revenge from the 2019 season NFC Championship game. And they're going to go to the Super Bowl. 
and they they might beat the Browns. Okay, I'll, I'll let we're, you. Know. We're all over the map here, Tommy. We're kind of we're kind of let's pull back. Browns the Packers. A bit. Browns Browns Packers Super Bowl. Great aesthetic. Where's the Super Bowl this year, Adam? I think you 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 would know. L.A. Is it in L.A.? Is it in L.A.? Wow. Okay, so Rodgers is going to win the Super Bowl and go straight to his place in Malibu, his $20 million pad in Malibu. And you know what? We're going to be there. We're all going to be there. We're going to fit. We're going to find a way to. Get, we're going to find a way to get in there, RA style. So yeah, I got um, the Packers over the Browns in the Super Bowl. After struggling through the AFC here, where I'm picking the Browns like an idiot, I'm picking the Browns like a like a like a bozo. I'm going to turn my attention to the NFC. I'm going to forget about the AFC altogether. I made my prediction there, and I'm going to say uh, this is not. This is premeditated. I knew that I've had this feeling for a while. This does not have anything to do with Tommy uh, and his prediction he just made. I'm going to say the Green Bay Packers are going to go to SoFi and lose to the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford is going to get his ultimate last laugh on Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to end that pretty little last dance. He's going to end it. And we're going to, for the second year in a row, we're going to have a home team Super Bowl with the L.A. Rams – Hosting the Cleveland Browns in the Super Bowl. I'm saying the Rams are playing host to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You said Raven or the gonna, Chiefs? Sorry. Play yeah, Super. and I'm I'm gonna pick the Rams to, to win it all. Lions Lions with pick 32. I'm gonna say the Rams are gonna host the Cleveland Browns, and the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl as well. That's the two of us, Adam, picking the Rams. Um, if you if you are a listener to this podcast, this comes as no surprise. I've I've made a wager at fifteen to one on the Rams to win the Super Bowl. I've made a wager at sixteen to one for the Rams to have the best record in the NFL. Um, I think this is a Rams team that's going to be really good. I like that people are fading them. Warren Sharp, I like that you're yeah, I was fading about to them. Say. I like that. I fade them all you want. I think this is the truly a, a last dance type of thing. This is a Super Bowl roster in LA and a great head coach and a great quarterback. And they're going to hoist that trophy. Yeah. I'll take, uh, I'll take the Packers over the Browns. And this is the storybook ending. It works out great for, for both Rogers and in parentheses, Devonte Adams and the Packers organization. And then this is where we get Lee going. All right. The Packers, Turn to Jordan Love next year and don't make the playoffs for five to ten years. Somewhere in there. Wow. With Jordan Love under center. I like hearing that. As, as long as, okay, how about this? As long as Jordan Love is under center, they don't make the playoffs because the Bears are coming. The Lions are coming with Malik Willis. Kellen Mond and the Vikings are coming. Let's go. Um, Tommy, I circled, so I, I circled back to. Uh, to the, the Bills article on the back judge. So I, I, for, I forgot it was a part of my overnight bus series. Yeah. The, uh, of course, the, the heralded the, the overnight famed, bus series. Yeah, of course, the famed, uh, the, the final installment of the trilogy was the, the Falcons pick, and that seems to be what the series is remembered for. Uh, but overnight bus two, Bills, I'm eating what they're cooking. 2000, 2019, you know. You're I was in early. <laughs> You were in early. Yeah. Um, alrighty, fellas. So we, I, I kind of blanked. So I, I picked the Rams. Lee picked the Rams. You picked the Packers, Tommy? Yep. All right. All NFC boys. Um, 
let's get into some of these uh, postseason awards. I think kind of if we if we choose them based off what we said, it'll it'll kind of explain itself. But um, I think just going ahead and trying to pick some value for the people um, is the better way to do this. And uh, I think we should start with Coach of the Year. Um, and I'll throw one out there, and that's uh, Matt Rule at plus two thousand. I think it's interesting. Clap, I'll correct you and say you can get it at twenty-four to one. Mm, okay, you can get it at twenty-four to one. Some markets. That's that's one I've already bet on. Is Matt Rule? And, uh, I'm 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 leaving the other one for you, Lee, because I think we'll be in lockstep on the other one too. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna give two if you don't mind, Clap. That's the fine. first one and the one that I'm a little bit more uh, confident in is Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Um, Mike Tomlin's 50 to 1 to win Coach of the Year. Uh, put $10 on it to win 500. I think if the Steelers do make the playoffs and they don't sputter out the same way they did last year, they have a little bit more of a complete season. This is going to be a guy who's absolutely going to be in the conversation for Coach of the Year. You're not going to regret making that bet. And then another one is John Gruden at 55 to 1. Um, people have seemingly forgot about John Gruden. He's got the most far-fetched odds on every sports book you check to be coach of the year. I don't necessarily think he will be coach of the year, but I think that the Raiders are getting overlooked. We all know that I'm the biggest Raiders guy on the podcast. I think the division is a little bit weaker than a lot of people like to think. I don't think the Chargers are necessarily a playoff team yet. I think that the Broncos are good, not great. Um, I think the Raiders, you know, sure, they could be the worst team in the division. I'm not ruling that out. But I think they also could fight their way to being the second team in the division. I don't think that's outside of the realm of possibility. I think the AFC could be kind of wide open. You know, I could be overestimating some, some of those teams in the AFC North. And if a playoff spot opens up and the, and the Raiders are able to sneak in, I think John Gruden will for sure be in that conversation to win uh, Coach of the Year. And 55-1 to 1 is just some, some tantalizing odds. So those are, the, those are my three throw, throwouts. Or two, I guess. But I, I, I co-sign Klepps. Yeah, I think there's some, you know, one, I think we need a preface about what a lot of these awards are like. Uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, MVP, especially Coach of the Year. These are media BS awards, okay? That's what they are. And they have to do with narratives, and they have to do with a lot of things. So I think that's what you kind of have to shoot for. So, Lee... I'm surprised you're not all over Cliff Kingsbury to win Coach of the Year because if I think if they make the if the Cardinals make the playoffs, he's finishing in the top, the top three ish or top five ish. Like he, that ticket is going to appreciate in value, um, you know, very well. I think equally, you know, you look at how bad the NFC East is. I obviously am fading the Eagles hard this year, but Nick Sirianni, if the Eagles win the division and and Jalen Hurts is playing well. There's probably good value on him to win Coach of the Year or whatever it is. Third, I don't want to use my book's numbers because my book's an absolute joke, but maybe you guys can help me out here. I'm sure it's 30 plus, uh, 30 to 1 plus. Um, and then uh, Arthur Smith, I talked about pre, pre-show. I mean, a rookie head coach with uh, somewhat of a veteran offense that if the Falcons sneak into the wild card, again, probably another ticket that you want to be holding. Um, Stefanski won last year, right? Or was it Stefanski or was it Flores? Stefanski, both Stefanski and Flores, similar situations, kind of unknown quantities as, as coaches, overperformed, immensely overperformed due to expectations, and they end up getting these these um, these awards. And then I'm going to throw out a chalky name in Kyle Shanahan, who I who has not won Coach of the Year yet. I, or did he win it the year they went to the Super Bowl? He probably did, to be honest. But 
again, the narrative of I think the 49ers are going to win that division. Um, if they do that behind, uh, you know, a good performance from Trey Lance, not he doesn't even have to win Rookie of the Year, but um, you know, Shanahan winning and and that you know the schedule we we know the schedule is easy. That I don't even know how baked in that is because it's such a projection award. Um, you know, I would I think there's always good value on. I see Shanahan at on my book he's plus two thousand, which I I'm assuming is not the best of the number. So. Um, and, 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 you know, maybe both of you guys see some value on McVay, too. If the Rams are one of the better, you know, best team in the NFC, Lee, you talked about, if they have the best raw, uh, record in the NFL, there surely is value on Sean McVay to win Coach of the Year, which is something that I guess he did his first year. But, again, that's kind of, I kind of stay away from this award, unless it's a big long shot, but I think that's kind of the mindset that you have to have um, if you're going to bet uh, this award. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is, I think it's interesting too, the Tommy kind of referenced it, like, you know, Nagy won this award, right? It's like, this is, it's not necessarily, I mean, Belichick has what, won like maybe once or twice, right? So it's, it's, it's like, you kind of have to go with the, try to stick your finger in the air and see which way the wind's blowing a little bit. Um, we're back. Um, let's do a comeback play of the player of the year. Um, this is a super dark horse pick for me, but uh, how about Daniel Hunter plus thirty three hundred? Ooh, I like that clip. Um, I'm going to be chalky um, because this is a bet I actually really like, and that's Saquon Barkley at eight to one. Um, I think he should be the favorite. I think if this guy plays a full season, which I think he will, I think he's going to play Week One. Um, I think he's going to be have the best year of his career so far, and. Um, I think eight to one is good value, just considering the upside of like what type of player he could be. Um, I think this is a guy who's the best player in the NFL probably when healthy. So getting him at eight to one to basically compete against Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, McCaffrey, Bosa, especially coming off the injury he came off of. It's like notable when you have a ACL injury, it's a little more notable than, I don't know what McCaffrey had, but Ankle, I believe. Yeah, Ankle I just think that or... it's a little bit more notable to come back from ACL. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but I like Saquon at eight to one. Yeah, um, I'm looking over this for the first time. Uh, I was going to mention Bosa, but I think that's kind of a little chalky. I'm going to throw out Derwin James, who we all loved, and then he hasn't played for the past two years. And this dude is an absolute freak. Like we see him guarding Keenan Allen in press coverage, one of the best, arguably the best route runner in the NFL. Um, you know, like white on rice. And at my book, he's plus 2,000. I don't know if you guys have a little bit uh, nicer of a number than me, but I think that's great value, especially if you, like me, think that the Chargers could be a potential wildcard team. But even if, you know, that defense, the names that they have, if Derwin James is the best safety in the, in the NFL, which I think there's a higher than 50% chance that he could be this year, I think that's a really nice play. Um, a little sprinkle on Sam Darnold, potentially, for a lot of the same reasons that we kind of mentioned, if Carolina, if, if he gets his career back on track and Carolina's frisky, um, Darnold, I think, deserves a shot of it. And then Odell Beckham um, at plus 2,000, uh, a guy who, again, like Lee said, with the, the Saquon kind of the knee injury, um, you guys all know what I think about the Browns. I think this is going to be a huge year for Odell. I think I really like him a lot as, as kind of a sleeper for the first time in his career. Um, playing 17 games in this offense, being the number one featured target in this offense, 
and potentially the potential of this all coming together for him. Um, I think there's a, a lot of good value on Odell, uh, who is kind of, you know, has kind of fallen off in the, in the eyes of, of many. And uh, a surprise year from him, or I mean, his his receiving prop is at under a thousand yards, which is pretty crazy. So I think the market is is low on Odell Beckham for for good reason, I guess you could say. But if he comes back and has one of the stronger years of his career and returns to his Giants form, then you better believe that he's going to be finishing in the top three for this award. Um, shall we get on to a defensive rookie of the year? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal this one from the pre-show. I, I really think um, Joe Tryon at around plus three thousand is is pretty good value. Yeah, I, yeah, I believe it's thirty thousand, right? Or no, is it three thousand? It's plus three thousand. Three thousand. Thirty-three. Oh, my thirty-three fault. to my one. Fault. My fault, boys. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's an awesome play. Um, there's a couple I want to throw out here. Uh, the first one is Tommy's guy Javon Holland at uh, eighty to one. Um, that's just like ridiculous value, I think, for a guy who could end up. You know, that's a that's a ball hawk defense. He's got he's got some dogs around him in that secondary. He's a natural ball hawk kind of safety player, and if he can get a few interceptions, I mean, I feel like nothing brings you to the top of defensive rookie of the year list like being a defensive playmaker and, you know, scoring touchdowns on the defense side of the ball, which is something that Javon Holland can do. Um, so I think that's really awesome value there. And then one a little bit more, uh, I guess, realistic or with shorter odds is uh, uh, Aziz Ojolari uh, for the Giants. Um, I think this is a guy who's getting plugged into a defense that's already really good, um, and he's going to be able to just kind of play to his strengths. Um, I think if he can stay healthy all year, he can get a lot of sacks. He's kind of a disruptor and a great athlete. So getting him at 20 to one, I think is, is pretty good value as well. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out both Sertain and JC Horn, who I think if you can get above 10 to one, I think is good value on Sertain, especially just because I think that defense is going to be really darn good, at least for the first half of the year. And Sertain could be the best corner. We already saw him get the pick six in preseason. I mean, this guy is, you know, we all we all viewed him, whether you had Horn or, or Sertain first, I think everyone kind of agreed that this was a guy who was going to step in from day one and be an impact player at the cornerback position and be a really good corner for, you know, for at least 10 years. So I see some value on, on both of them. Um, but, you know, it is it is a kind of statistic statistical-driven award. And, and, you know, I think you know, Jalen Phillips, I think, if you're going to go a little chalky, I think has some nice value for a lot of the same reasons you brought up Holland Lee with that defense. If he's, you know, their number one sack getter on a really good Miami Dolphins defense, I think there's some good value on, on him. And then I'll just throw out my boy uh, Asante Samuel. Um, if, he, if he, you know, is one of the better corners uh, in the league, which I think he can be from, from day one and on that Chargers defense, which I kind of mentioned with, with Derwin James, it's kind of a lot of the same logic there. Uh, Asante Samuel already been making plays uh, in, in throughout training camp, throughout the preseason, so I think there's definitely value on him as well. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year, boys. Tommy, uh, you want to kick this one off? Because you, you already got some skin in the game, huh? Yeah. it's uh, The quarterback's going to win this award this year. 
I'll uh, I'll make I'll make a I'll give you guys whatever odds you think are right on that. I think this is a quarterback award this year with all of the the brouhaha that's been going on around all five of these first round quarterbacks. Um, I think one of them is going to take it. I do not believe it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I think that he should not be chalked to win it. Um, I talked about how I'm starting to really get sour on Jacksonville. I just think there's going to be a lot of growing pains with him in this offense, um, and and I think you know. Justin Fields and Trey Lance both are just going to have such an electric style of play whenever they do see the field, whenever it is, that you know that they're going to be able to kind of take a commanding uh, lead in this race. And then Zach Wilson is you know ten nine to one, and both him and he and Lawrence are the only confirmed starters. So I think the amount of volume that you're going to see from Zach Wilson, um, you know how effortless of a thrower he is, how good he's looked in this offense through the preseason. I don't want to put too much weight into it because it's not that surprising. I mean, he's doing what I thought he would do from BYU. Like, that's the projection. This is a guy who has unbelievable arm talent and has really good intangibles. So um, I'm not really interested in, in taking any non-quarterback to win the award. I think if, you, if you're interested in some, some deep, deep sleepers, um, you know, I think Elijah Moore uh, potentially being the number one uh, weapon in – that offense and with the Jets and, and Zach Wilson, I think, has some, some nice value. I think Javante Williams, uh, clap your boy Terrace Marshall, you know, big, you know, a lot of, lot of volume in, in, in that Carolina passing attack. So I think that's kind of what you gotta, you gotta search for. Um, but yeah, I'm, I have no interest in not taking a quarterback uh, for, for this award. And I believe that it will be one of Wilson, Lance, or Fields. Uh, and we'll see what happens with the Mac Jones situation. So two two of your three are not going to start week one. Yep. Yep. We've been through it, Herbert. I mean, Herbert won last year. I mean, obviously he he basically started a full season. Um, I think of Baker, and you know I could get bit in the butt. I think it, you I made the argument to you guys. I mean, Herbert had one. the best season a rookie quarterback has had in like however long. I think yeah. Herbert's kind of an and outlier, to be honest. Um, I, I, I would, I would disagree a little bit. I think, I think it's just a quarterback award. I think you would need like an outlier. Any season. other year, look at, Justin look Jefferson the season. would have won Rookie of the Year if it wasn't for I, Herbert I, having, you know, just a nuclear I, season. Um, I don't know if you could. I mean, but th- think about how much more nuclear of a season Justin Jefferson had. How much more of an outlier season Justin Jefferson had. Than Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert broke what Cam Newton's record, and and you know, J- Justin Jefferson broke Randy Moss's unprecedented rookie receiving yards uh, record. I just think, I think it's a quarterback award, and it continues to be. I won money on Kyler Murray winning Rookie of the Year. Uh, jo- Josh Jacobs should have won that award that year. If Baker Mayfield started two games earlier than Tyrod Taylor. He probably would have won Rookie of the Year over an unbelievable season from Saquon Barkley. I think it's a media-driven award. It's a quarterback-driven award, and that's kind of my angle. And uh, you know, I could eat crow this year on that, um, but I I think there's so much momentum from the media, just from the NFL, on these rookie quarterbacks. Well, I mean, yeah. you can't get my, enough of it. My quick so. synopsis would be: I wouldn't bet on Lawrence because the odds are too short. Although I do think he should be the favorite. I wouldn't bet on Trey Lance because I don't think he's going to start, and I think that that's going to be an impediment on on you're you're essentially like 
just assuming he's going to start at some point in the season that's going to be long enough for him to compete at that at, statistically to win this award, which I think is just kind of the reason why the, the, the odds are so long. I wouldn't bet on Wilson because I don't think he's in a, like a very good position to succeed statistically. I think he, that there's going to be kind of some, some growing pains there with the Jets. Um, I think Fields at 7-1 to one, I can understand because I do think he will, he will be starting before week five. Um, so I, I guess there's some value there, but at the same time, I think he's going to be running through his life, um, and I think he's going to have to do a lot to, to impress to the level of winning that award. Um, so I guess there's some value there. I like Mac Jones at 10-1. to 1. It seems like with this new Cam Newton development with COVID um, that Mac Jones is going to be the starter. I think if Mac Jones takes, takes good care of the football uh, and doesn't turn it over, he's on a pretty darn good team with a good defense if they, you know, if they make the playoffs like I'm projecting them to, he absolutely will be in the conversation to win Rookie of the Year. I think 10-to-1 value on Mac Jones is better than 10-to-1 value on Zach Wilson, even though Zach Wilson was a higher pick. I just think Mac Jones is in a much better position, and I would almost bet anything with if they start all 17 games, Mac Jones will have less turnovers than Zach Wilson. He may not have as many you know, web gem highlight, highlight reels. but he. Uh, I would say, too, I would rather bet on – Kyle Pitts or Najee Harris to win Rookie of the Year than Fields, Wilson, or Lance. That's interesting. I would rather bet on Fields than those guys. Najee, I can see because he's just going to get so much work, I think. Um, so I can see that. Well, let me clap. Before you go, I'm just going to throw in my only sleeper, non-QB, non-running back, and that's Rondale Moore at 66-1. to um, I think Rondale Moore could be like a huge part of this Cardinals offense. Um, and I think he's extremely explosive, like we talked about through draft season. So if he ends up kind of sneaking his way into being that number two option for Arizona and gets a higher target share than anyone's assuming, I think he could do a lot with that and turn a lot of people's heads to uh, the type of player he is. I think Pitts is, I think, Clep, you bring up a good, if I had to bet one non you know, uh, quarterback regardless of odds, I think Pitts, for a lot of the same reasons, because you need an outlier season, I think there's a good chance that Pitts, not a good chance, but there is a, you know, probably a 50-50 chance that Pitts breaks the rookie tight end record um, in that offense, taking Julio's targets from him, or Julio's production from him, I, I should say. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I do disagree with what you said, Adam, about, uh, I just think it's, I think it's a quarterback league. And I think, you know, we saw, just to bring it back to Baker, because I think that's a really good uh, kind of example for what I'm going for. I don't. I think it was probably around week six or whatever. Whenever B- Baker took the job from Terod Taylor, and Baker played well, he played good. But I don't think his ceiling is anywhere near the three quarterbacks that I bet on in Wilson, Fields, and Lance. And I think if you have even you know, especially with Fields and Lance, if they were to start around week five or whatever it may be before week seven, if they put up the type of numbers and also the whole fantasy aspect of it, which is going to be drive, which plays a factor as well. Um, I think that there's just going to be way too much momentum for, for these quarterbacks. Um, let's jump to MVP, fellas. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting um, options. Again, I mean, this is truly the quarterback award, but um, I think I think Stafford, obviously, since I think the Rams are going to make it to the Super Bowl, I think Stafford would be a pretty good value pick. He's, you know, a little bit over 1,500. He's 20 to 1. Um, okay. 
on I'm just looking on the betting pros thing. I'm looking at that too. It says under uh, BetMGM uh, plus plus two thousand. Yeah, I don't. Know. And um, so I mean, I think I think that's a. I mine says eighteen hundred, so it's strange. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think there's a couple different guys. I mean, Wentz would be interestingly, you know, if you like the Colts. I mean, because you know, he's he's at least played kind of at that level before. Um, those would be my two kind of sleepers. Yeah, I think Kyler at twenty-five to one is good value. Um, just shooting for the upside there, and he's obviously like one of the more electric players in the NFL. Um, I still think there's good value on Russell Wilson at twenty to one. Um, you know, if he can, I know I'm not picking Seattle to make the playoffs, but they're probably like my first team out, and you know. I think it's totally realistic that Arizona doesn't make it. Seattle does. Seattle ends up winning 10 or 11 games. Um, I think Russell Wilson will be in that conversation. Love what you said about Stafford, Clep. I agree with that. Uh, I think he's he's definitely worth a look. Um, past that point, man, I, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. I don't have a lot of uh, – I was going to say Russell Wilson too, Lee, so I'm happy you brought that up. Same logic for me. I mean, we saw he was you know, favorite to win MVP through eight weeks last year or whatever it was. Uh, so we know that he has that in his arsenal. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to use my odds, but I think Brady, um, if the Bucks, you know, pick off where they, they started from with their weapons, um, what's your guys' number for Brady? The best I can find is 14 to 1. Yeah, so that went down a good amount. So yeah, maybe not as much value. I would I would echo the the Stafford um, sentiments, and then you know I I think I would bet this if you you know if you have a good feeling on Mahomes or you know whomever it is. I think this market kind of changes wildly. I'd actually you know what my my value play would be Baker actually. With all I think about the Browns, I have him at twenty eight to one. I'm sure it's probably more on your guys's um, end of the spectrum. I mean, if the Browns have you know season that I'm I would push back having. just because I don't think that there's going to be that I think with the Browns like volume. bread and butter is kind of like him just being a field general in a way and just not turning yeah. the ball over I don't think he's going to be throwing for a ton of yards and touchdowns and like well if 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 that is the case and he throws for you know I don't know 30 touchdowns and you know if he gets to 30 touchdowns and they have the best record in the NFL which I think touchdowns is, is a lot I think What's his prop at? Probably like twenty six. Yeah, maybe maybe it's maybe he'll do thirty. I just think that they're when they're in the red zone, I, they're going to run the ball. I but no, I I agree with you. I'm just saying like you. This award is usually won by you know Rodgers won it, Lamar won it, Mahomes won it. You're like a, a top dog team in the NFL, and it's the quarterback usually. So you know, kind of going for who do you who do you who did we have as our as our final four? Who do we think is going to be the one to three seed? Uh, in each conference, and then taking their quarterback. So I think the Stafford, um, you know, Stafford, you know, work more for 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 Mayfield. Obviously, I, what is your guys' number on Mahomes? For me, it's plus three seventy five, plus six, plus four hundred, plus five hundred. I can find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no point in getting involved with that. But yeah, I don't really have a lot of interest in the MVP. Any uh, any other last interesting things anyone wants to throw out? Most picks, most rushing yards. 
Anything like that before we? Uh, yeah, I brought it up. I like, I like the prop bet of the Rams having the best record in the NFL. You can get it at sixteen to one. I think that. I don't know. I think it's just worth giving a look. I put like a quarter, a quarter unit on it. Um, just because I think the Rams have the potential to be a really like kind of a juggernaut this year, um, on the level of the the Chiefs and the Bills, if you will. Um, so. 16 to one is like pretty good odds for something that I think is not necessarily outside of the realm of possibility. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of, um, I, I think there's value on Calvin Ridley for most receiving yards at 10 to one is where I, the last time I saw it, I don't know if it's gone down. That was like a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I think he, you know, is going to have a lot of opportunity in that offense and they have a bad defense. They're going to be down in a lot of games. Uh, Matt Ryan's going to be throwing the ball a lot. So, that's something that that stuck out to me. Um, what, about Goff? Uh, what about Goff for most picks? I like that. Yeah, I think that. I like that. Um, I Lee, Lee and I have been kind of brain trusting on a, a Goff because I'm trying to find a way to fade the Lions, not because uh, I, but I, I do want to fade them for this year, and, and there's no way I'm going to take an under five wins. But I really think I you like. Should. The, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Why not? I probably would go for the alt. I'd probably go like under three and a half. Um, that's probably the way that I would attack it. But Jared Goff under four thousand yards passing. Lee, what was it? Minus one twenty or minus one ten? Minus one ten, yeah. Yeah, minus one ten. That's a play that that I really like. And uh, I took Zach Wilson over thirty seven hundred and a half yards about a week ago. I don't know if that's moved at all, but that's another prop play that that I like. As I well. think the Goff plays awesome. I think Anthony Lynn's going to run the ball more than he should. I, I'm I'm losing a lot of confidence in the Lions with each day that passes, um, in terms of like how formidable of a team they're going to be. Outside of their offensive line, I think there's like literally nothing to like about their offense. Basically, um, Swift is kind of banged up right now. We don't even know if he's going to be playing Week One. I think that they're going to kind of put Swift on ice this year a little bit. Like I don't see why they should be running that guy. Um, even especially if he's not 100%. Like, just run Jamal Williams. You're not going to be very competitive. Obviously, give Swift some touches, but, like, I really think that they should kind of do a committee thing. Um, and Goff, like, I just don't believe in the receivers he's throwing to. I don't believe in him. I don't believe in the play calling. Um, I think that it's going to take a little while to get the wheels going on this offense. So I think Goff, under 4,000 yards, is a pretty – pretty smart move um like i i'd be you know i'd be okay with losing that one i just really don't think that's going to happen i think he's going to fall short of that by maybe even like 500 yards like i think he's going to not come close to that yeah i I kind of um not to get not to turn this into the uh, lions preseason game review but it was just like Obviously, Lee, you and I don't expect them to be very good. Obviously, there was mo- most of the Lions' quote-unquote starters were sitting out. Not that they would be starters on other teams, but they're starters for the Lions. Um, I was just kind of disappointed to see like how lethargic they looked and all the mistakes they made. It's just like the the team is allowed to be bad. You're not allowed to be stupid. And um, the team just looked overall lethargic and not plugged in and made a lot of stupid mistakes and committed a lot of penalties. Um, 
and it's preseason week two, and, and that can change, uh, obviously. But this is going to be a rough year for the Lions on the positive side for Detroit. Um, Lee, I listened to that podcast you sent me for the NFC North. Mm-hmm. And that one guy said that you know they have some of the best cap space the next two years and the most projected draft capital in the NFL. So, the thing that's the thing that's like the most sad, and, and we can wrap it up after this. But like the thing to, I was thinking about this today in the car, like the the Falcons are rebuilding right now, right? But like at least they had like a Super Bowl run. The Lions are rebuilding after three years of. Just pitiful play. There was there was nothing that is like oh at least we did that like with the Tigers, eh, at least they made the World Series you know, a couple times. Have to rebuild, but it is with the Lions just like yeah, you're you're rebuilding from nothing. Yeah, I'm I'm also I don't know we don't need to keep getting into it too but like, I like I said to you on the phone clap. I regret not outlining more negative fallouts of what could happen with Dan Campbell on the Lions podcast. Yeah. Um, and I think that's my problem too with this team is like I get invested and I'm into it. And I, it's like, I like Dan Campbell, but then it's also like, there's just, there is a reality where none of this works and it's, and it's foolish <laughs> and the Lions look stupid and we should expect that. That should be what we expect. And on draft yeah. day, when they're pumping their chests and, and fist bumping each other and doing like frat boys, like a bunch of frat boys in the draft room after they pass on Justin Fields to get an offensive lineman, which is like, we'll, we'll see whether or not that's a good move. But like that type of stuff is, we don't really know if that's necessarily, like there's a fine line between having a competitive environment at practice in the building in competing with one another and trying to get better every day, and and it, it and, and that turning into a toxic environment, where people where where your the communication isn't right, and it's very rah rah, and it's not very you know there's not a common goal really. So I think that that would be like one of the potential fallouts. And I'm I've taken like three steps back I think on the whole Dan Campbell experience, and I'm at a point now where you know a week or two weeks away from the season, it's like, I'm just going to sit back and watch. Um, and I'm going to try to not be as invested as, as someone who really believes in the rebuild because I don't believe in it yet. I don't believe in it. Jared Goff is the quarterback. Like I don't believe in what's happening right now. You're, you're, if you're believing in the rebuild right now, you're believing in the ghost of the future quarterback, or you're one of the delusional Lions fans that like thinks Goff is the answer. Yeah. So yeah, that like, that's just my piece. Yeah, well, and, theor- theoretically, theoretically, they could draft like the next Daniel Jones, who we don't believe in, and they, yeah. So, yeah, um, I was just gonna say, uh, it is funny, like how if if a year to go a year ago, I were to tell you guys like the Lions cleaned house and fired Patricia, and they brought in Dan Campbell, who was the interim. You guys remember that interim coach in Miami from like seven years ago? And Jared Goff is their quarterback. And they passed on, they had a chance to draft Justin Fields, who a year ago we thought was going to be the number two pick in the draft. And they didn't do it uh, because they wanted to give Goff, you know, everything that we all know. It surely, we surely, or at least you guys and, and me too, would all be a lot more pessimistic on this team than 
I think we all have. But I think you guys should be. I don't think you guys are are too unreasonable. I think. And it's also think, sorry, Tommy. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say I think we've like from from the the moment they hired Dan Campbell and all this has gone down. I think we've been pretty fair. I I feel like you know. Klepp hasn't been drinking any swamp water. There hasn't been any any swamp water that he, you know, we th- thought he was going to drink. I think you guys have been pretty, pretty fair. I think to everything. I think you guys, you know, have to and have learned through through worse experiences. So, I think uh, I think you guys have the right mindset. It's just funny too, Klepp, and I know that it's ironic that you bring up the draft capital thing on our predictions pod, and it's like two thirds of us just predicted the Rams to win the Super Bowl. That that would yeah. that would hypothetically leave the Lions with the thirty second pick in the first round, which I'm not saying yeah. like I'm not complaining about that, but it's just a, it's just kind of poetic justice in a way, um, and it's just you know I don't know what they're going to do with these draft picks. I don't know what they think about Jared Goff and his long term. You know, he's twenty seven or whatever or twenty eight. You know, maybe they think that he's the guy and that they just need to build a roster around him. I totally think that is within the realm of possibility. I totally yep. do. And that really worries me. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to get too tied up in any of that because we don't really know. And we'll see uh, when, when, when the pads start clapping on, uh, on September 12th, I think it is. We'll see, you know, yep. how they look against the 49ers at Ford Field in the, in the, in the season opener. All right, boys. Season preview. Stashed away. Another one in the books. A nice tight fifty-eight. Four. A nice tight fifty-eight. Lee, I think, I think that we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that Rondale Moore changed his number to number four. That's Huge. big news. Big news for Huge the news. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. This is something uh, I was complaining about a lot. My complaints about the Cardinals uniforms would be like, why is Rondale Moore wearing eighty-five when he wore four in college, and it's the first year they're letting you wear the single digit? Like it just didn't make sense to me. So I'm really happy that that happened. Well, well, to be fair, Andy Lee, the punter, had number four, and and Rondale cut him a check. Oh, really? Ron Rondale cut him a check. Yeah, Andy Lee's wearing 14 now, and Rondale Good. cut him a check to get four. Good. How's how's this sound? If you're a special teamer, your number you get your, you get to pick your number last every year. That's what I think. <laughs> You get to pick, you get your, to number pick your number last, like the fat kid on the B team. Yeah, I'm the fat kid at B team going. Hey, to Andy the Lee, room. you can have 99. How's that sound? You can have 99. That'll be that. <laughs> uh, tough love, but yeah, I'm glad Rondale's back in the uh, in the quattro, man. I think he's going to do some damage in that thing. I think you need to change his nickname and sleeper right now to quattro. <laughs> I might have to. With two T's. All right. Quattro with two T's. All right, let's wrap it up. What do you say, club? Go for it. You stay seeing